0: Middle car Hey John! congratulations to us for being for holding the most desired jobs among the youth, YouTubers, bloggers. <laughs> so this is where kids come join us. I,
1: I do think that the power, the things kids are gonna like if they just spend a ton of time, when we were a kid, you could not have aspired to be a video game player. It just wasn't even an option. If you if I would have told eight-year you, eight-year-old you, if you were playing, you know, Super Nintendo, hey bro, you're able to do this for a living. I remember I used to tell people like, what do you want to do for a living? I'd be like, dentist. Like dentist, doctor, lawyer, I remember like people like riding bikes, and then you'd watch like the X Games. You're like, can I do that? Then you realize like I'm afraid to jump, but like it's just so many things that you realize. I think if you're a kid, you're like, God, these guys are doing this for a living. Like, it's pretty. It's just hits you
0: across the face now. Like, this is these guys' jobs. You see other kids doing it. That's the other thing. You see other kids doing it, right? It's one thing. Yeah. Like I don't think I haven't checked the metrics on YouTube in the eight year old category. I don't think most of our viewers are hardly any of our viewers are eight year olds. Right? The 8-year-olds are watching other 8-year-olds. For people who didn't see, there was someone... Where did this list come from? You sent it to me, and then I saw it take I, over the internet. I actually th- The more I looked at it, I think it's just completely made up. It just went viral. Top 10 jobs kids want, even if it is made up. Did you see PFT commenter it was like, wait a second. Why is number 8 athlete slash teacher? Do kids just want to be PE teachers? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that,
1: that, to me, is the red flag where this thing's made up. Uh, Un- unless they have the same
0: percentage. Like eight percent of people wanted to be okay that would make some sense if there was an 11.9 percent tie you know what you might be right that's that that might be it um musician singer okay actor was number four okay dr nurse was number six after filmmaker filmmaker feels but i get it people everyone's shooting stuff on their phone everything you put on tiktok is your filmmaker so maybe that i don't know yeah, I, I could see that. The other thing I thought... Con- content content creator. Content creator. The other thing I thought looking at this list was, how about the stranglehold that YouTube has? Like, number one was not video maker, like you said. Number one was not content creator. Number one was YouTuber. Yeah. YouTuber. I think that number is
1: going to dramatically grow over the next five years. You and I talk about it a lot. I don't even think the average person realizes how much YouTube they watch and wait until you're actually watching it consistently on your television as the big cable dies. Well, cause any, uh, my, my new TV in my, in my room, the uh, smart TV, mm-hmm. all I do, I don't have any plugs in it beside the power cord. And then it connects to the internet, like on my scroll of apps, YouTube, like I could just watch YouTube.
0: Well, I, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot cause it's getting time. It might be close to a new TV here in the Haberman house or a couple. And, uh, I just, I was thinking about it last night. Like, I know you told me you did it for one of your TVs. It's like, how much delay am I willing to live with to be able just to get rid of these boxes, to be able to not, it's not just that you pay 20 bucks for the box, right? It's also that it just, it's there. It's like, it has to be connected. It's like in the way it's ugly. The other thing on this list, top 10 kids, jobs, TV presenter. It makes me think that if this list is real, it's European because that's what they call it like in Europe is TV presenter. Would that be like uh, Drew Carey on the prices right now? Yeah, I think so. Drew has yeah. got a. Did you see? I flipped on the price. I saw the prices right Monday because I start. Now, when the tournament comes around, you see whatever's on CBS or True yeah, TV.
1: 30 in the morning.
0: Drew's got like, first of all, he's wearing like these goggles, glasses. They look like motorcycle goggles as glasses. He's got a huge beard, not wearing a tie anymore. They're really loosening things up on the, the prices right since I had chickenpox and washed for two weeks straight. I'd imagine the views have diminished greatly given the options people have when they're stuck at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would say it was you were if you were looking for something to watch at 10 a.m. on a weekday. It used to be you were just stuck. You had three options: it was CBS, ABC, or NBC, or like some infomercials or
1: something. Yeah, I mean you were screwed. Judge Judy. Now I, I can't even imagine the amount of kids are like, mom, I'm sick, I'm I'm out for the week." I mean, you could just keep yourself entertained for fucking days. We were screwed. Sometimes you would be like, this is boring. I'm ready to go back. To I, know. I remember being sick and being like, this sucks. I'd rather
0: be at school. Tux. I don't think you'd say that now. The, the most price, price is Right I ever watched was legitimately when I had Chickenpox in 1993. All right, John.
1: A lot going on, guy. They, uh, you know, I'm already going through a little bit of withdrawals Tuesday. You know, having the tournament on Monday, pretty special. Uh, kind of sucks today. You turn on television, there's nothing on. How great was that? It was incredible. There was just no way around it. The, the NCAA tournament, even in games that are sneaky, kind of not great, are still very
0: watchable. I find, like the USC game, they were kicking their ass, and I was just glued. Right, because you know, you're especially because you're watching high level play. You're watching. You're like, I just want to watch Evan Mobley, right?
1: And part of it is watching like a really, you know, I'd say Bill Self. What's he the equivalent of like? Maybe not Saban, but I mean, he's he's up there. Of just watching him shell shocked. There's something in the tournament with totally. watching high level coaches like. We are getting boat raced,
0: and there's not nothing I can do. There's a clip of him just kind of sitting there in the chair, and there's like a, you know 12 minutes left in the game, maybe more. Um, what would you say? Ku is top three college job? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a basketball school, right? In a football league, kind of Kentucky-ish basketball yeah. school in a football league. I mean it's hard to so, be it's hard to get someone that. Had, someone had DM'd me a while back
1: with an idea with like a half-baked idea of why doesn't a conference like the Big 12 kick out like its bottom two shitty programs? And KU was one of the ones they mentioned for like SMU and Houston to like get the football conference better. Mm -hmm. And I said, I hear what you're saying, but using KU as the example, their worth in basketball, they don't give a shit. Like their football team could just not play every week. They don't care, right? They earn the conference money in basketball, they are, they are the Oklahoma in basketball and equal cash for all the other schools, right? They earn their
0: way. Yeah, they do. Because their football program is embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Didn't you really call a game this I did. Year? Yeah. They, uh, How terrible. They, they almost beat Texas Tech. One of the best defensive performances of the year by the uh, Kansas Jayhawks. But they've actually got a really good corner. Keep an eye out for him in the next couple of years in the draft. Didn't they just fire Les Miles? Les is gone. Yes. Les is gone. What did
1: the Oregon State president just
0: resign for? He just resigned to say he was part of the LSU hierarchy when less when they were covering up less uh, the allegations against less. So that to me a, a always when there's like collateral damage like that
1: and then, you know, the football coach and obviously, he, you know, uh, tinkle now like those guys are like kind of got it together. And then all of a sudden the president leaves who's in charge of hiring the AD. It's like a trickle down effect. You're like, holy shit. You know things are going well now. Now we're getting a new president. Who knows where that guy comes from? Maybe he has a new guy. You just got to have somebody. I have an an agent buddy that is involved with coaches that says like, like when Tennessee comes open, they're like, yeah, we we tell our clients stay away from that one. So it's like, what do you think they say to Kansas, mm -hmm. right?
0: Or even like Auburn comes up, it's like, yeah, there's well, got some obstacles. But they should (laughs) hire the guy. There's like a high school coach in Kansas. Well, yeah, who never punts. Who never punts. He told them he would take the job they would only have to pay them per win, like $90,000 per win.
1: <laughs> I would I would do that. That's pretty risky. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: really risky.
1: <laughs> I would then uh, for sure put like three non, you know, uh, FCS or whatever the fucking conference is called. Yeah. Schools on your schedule.
0: Yes. I'd be a little worried, though. Yeah. It's like a Richard Sherman contract. Uh, go yeah prove it go subscribe you you may already be subscribed on itunes get in the mailbag leave us a review in that review leave a question and that's how you get in the itunes mailbag john uh and while you're there listen to merton hanks who was on the podcast early in the week yeah go check it out leave uh leave a question for
1: the mailbag and check out the YouTube page, Hey Roman MiddleCop YouTube page. Put uh put all of our content up there. Also have some separate content, a lot of content. Content, content, content.
0: A lot of yeah, a lot of content. And we got to um we should probably go live again at some point soon there on the uh YouTube the old YouTube yeah. channel. Let's do it. Okay. Podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1. mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1. Yep, mybookie.ag
1: promo code ham and the number 1. We have the sweet 16. It's now set, guy. Uh, unless there's a COVID outbreak and then immediately the higher seed just moves on. That happened in the first round of the tournament. I, Except me, I feel like no one thought that was a big deal. It's like, how's that fucking fair? I, I guess you got to do it. Just the higher seed moves on. But mybookie.ag, get your gamble on. Uh, Oregon USC, that's really intriguing game. Uh, there's some golf you can gamble on starting tomorrow. You can just bet on the matchups, just straight up. You can bet on the overall winner which to me, I, I'm not going to do this week just because you got to go through pods and then you got to go Sweet 16. It's it's very, very difficult. Uh, baseball's right around the corner. I, I think I saw someone tweet yesterday like 10 or 11 days away from uh, first opening day. You want to g- gamble on some futures? Uh,
0: Dodgers, Yankees, you, you know. You've been watching any baseball lately? I haven't really. You know, I started, I started watching some spring training a couple weeks ago when it started, and then, you know, I haven't watched it since because... I'm spring training now. I'm ready for the real thing. You get
1: pretty good odds. I guess the Nets right now are the favorites to win the NBA championship. Uh, the Lakers technically still are. Uh, you get the Sixers like 14 to 1. It's pretty good odds if Embiid comes back. That's really good. Like I wouldn't touch the Lakers. They're an injury away from being done. I think the Nets that,
0: win the title. You
1: get them basically 3 to 1. Or the Sixers, 14 to 1. Basically, if you're betting on the Sixers, you're just like betting on them to beat the Nets in the Eastern Conference Championship, right? Yeah, and then you got a shot. You got a really good shot. I actually might put 100 bucks on that. 14 to 1, that's
0: pretty good odds. But they are an injury away. You'd be in trouble if the big guy went down. You also got the NFL draft props, which are available. Second overall pick, third overall pick. How many QBs? Will there be four? You can you can bet plus seven hundred that the first four picks are all quarterbacks, um, over under four and a half quarterbacks in the uh, first round. You know I didn't know about this, John. Somebody hit me up the other day and said that what they love doing is betting first team to five or first team to ten in a basketball game. Like that sounds like a roller coaster. Because I do. That find, that's a great. I watch a game and it takes me a while. Like let's you know the score is four to two and I want to I want to rev it up.
1: Can I, can I, I'm going to throw out a couple games that just jump off right now. I just went to the Sweet 16 lines. UCLA 2-1 to one money line to beat Alabama. That doesn't seem that crazy.
0: Is Alabama really that good? Uh, I think they are really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Nate Oates. Uh, have you noticed, by the way, that Nate Oates wears... Not everyone wears a suit. Hardly any coaches wear suits these days. Nate Oates, who coaches at Nick Saban School, wears a suit. I don't think that's an accident.
1: Yeah, I, I do think... Nick has made them a little Augusta National Masters-like in that place, that there's a standard that, let's face it, is just higher than every other building in America beside probably, like, uh, Google, uh, Apple, and the Patriots. (laughs) And the Patriots don't even... And those don't have dress codes. Like, one time someone that worked for Nick Saban said the maddest he ever saw Nick was something Lane did at practice or maybe McIlwain... Something that happened at practice and Nick stormed out of his office, this was how mad that he described him. He didn't have shoes on. And he's like, I knew he was pissed. He was walking around in socks. (laughs) The coaches I've been around, Pat Hill and Andy Reid, I would say it was non-practice, especially off days. It was more likely to see them walking around in socks. Now, these guys are LA guys. Like, Nick does not come out of his office guy without clothes. And I'm not talking, he doesn't walk around the office in practice clothes. He changes. Good
0: call by you. I like that. I, I just think I've heard NATO talk about how much he admires Nick. Of course, every coach, um, but and specifically Nick's a big basketball fan. So okay, uh, I go I, again. I think UCLA that might might be value, but Alabama is very well, God, good. The, in the you know in the off season, Casey Jacobson told me Alabama is his second favorite team
1: in the tournament behind Gonzaga. In the off season, they play basketball three times a week. Nick on his team's the all time point guard with the other coaches. All time point <laughs> guard. And I guess when Avery Johnson was the coach for Alabama, Avery always had to be on his team. <laughs> so
0: Nick is just like football recruiting.
1: Yeah, he ain't fucking trying Nick to gets lose. the first pick. I mean, he takes it pretty seriously. Nick Light, Nick loves play, playing basketball, for sure. What else you got? Uh, that's it. My oh, I thought you had AG some games in code. Sweet
0: 16 you like. You
1: uh, uh, yeah, the, well, I, I guess I'm, I was looking for pretty big underdogs, but beside Creighton-Gonzaga, you realize most of these teams are pretty good, so it's like... Two to one is about as good as you're going to get money line. I
0: like... I'll tell you... Uh, Florida
1: State, Michigan. I, I watch Michigan. I mean,
0: I don't think there's some dominant program. Florida State's good. Like, Florida yeah. State's really good watching them against Colorado the other day. I think Oregon beats SC, and they're getting points right now. Is that kind of weird to you that they're underdogs? No. I mean, SC just looked pretty dominant against Kansas. SC beat them the first time by a large margin. SC's really good. I mean, it's... Like, if that game was... If you asked me to guess the line on that game, I would have said I think it's a pick em. So... Yeah, two, one. So I just you think like- Oregon's really well coached. They've been in this, Oregon's been in the Sweet 16 for the last five years. Obviously, last year didn't count, didn't exist. But no one's given Tinkle a shot against Loyola. Six-point underdog. Well, Loyola's really good. Number one defensive team in the country. SC Tim Oregon, all by all right. the way. Finally, some respect for the West Coast, John. Jim Nance, Bill Rafferty, Grant Hill, Tracy Wolfson, I just saw on that broadcast. Hot take, Grant Hill sucks grant uh i haven't seen i don't know if i've noticed a grant game this year is he he's oh just, he was with brian Anderson. He's just he's like tony dungy of
1: basketball so it's just like that's grant like to me certain people just shouldn't be doing this like grant should be working in business should be doing he's not a personality it's like that's just it's just blah like rafferty like I, I know what i'm getting i it's excitement, like it's just bleh. <laughs> blah I, and I like Grant. I mean, I grew up fucking idle. I mean, Sprite, I want, the, the shoes.
0: I feel he's just a terrible
1: broadcaster. I mean, it's
0: just bottom line. I'll lock in on that game and I'll, I'll give you my... I'll, I'll lock in and listen to... Uh, Why do they need a third person? Yeah. Just like let Jim and Rafferty do it by themselves.
1: Isn't that enough? Do you agree that Grant been I'm on the Final be Four before? Well, yeah, he's, he's been, been, been doing it a while now. I think they're so just think trying they like... to get younger, but it's like... They, they, it's very age discriminatory.
0: Reverse. I'm well, not really reversing. Well,
1: labels. no. I mean, they're trying to, like, kind of, you know, push the older guy out and get the younger guy in. They do the opposite with the NBA with Hubie. Hubie just gets to do it by
0: himself. He's, like, 97. Yeah, I did. I talked to Earl Watson once. He told me Hubie's the smartest basketball person he's ever met. No one disputes so his intelligence. intelligence. I just, you know. He's still a good communicator. Yeah, he's 88. <laughs> yeah, this is <just> incredible. <laughs> All right, John, let's dive in. Big pot. Here we go. Let's rank the top three receivers in this NFL draft. Mel Kuiper People still comment on our videos and say, did you guys have Mel Kuyper on the podcast? Believe it or not, John, Mel Kuyper was on the podcast and he had Devontae Smith as his number one receiver. You liked the comp he had for him. We can get to that in a second. Alabama had its pro day. Devontae weighed 170? 170. 170. As I Uh, saw on Twitter, it's better than 169. Is it though? I would think Uh, Twitter would prefer 169. (laughs) So, uh, has the pro day... Um, Mel did his mock draft, his 3.0. He actually had Jamar Chase first off the board at six to the Eagles. That might be a team match. Not so much that he's changed who he thinks his number one receiver is. Then he had Devonte uh, and Jalen Waddle, boom, boom, going right after Daniel Jeremiah had Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase ahead of Devonte Smith uh, on his big board. How do you see it right now? What 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 should uh, what should all of our big boards look like when it comes? Well, to those I give three. first.
1: I want to give you props for uh, they put Mel's behind a paywall, and clearly you pay for it and uh, support the paywall. So uh, g- good job on you. Yeah, clearly <laughs> That's the only explanation. Uh, uh, I, I would I would have Devontae Smith three. I would have him second on his own team. And I want to start by saying something. There's this misconception. Like if you put a guy in the second round, like if you say a guy is a second round pick, it's like, oh my God, the disrespect. I'm not saying Devontae Smith's a second round pick. There's nothing wrong with going in the second round. There's nothing wrong than going in the late teens or the 20s. It happens to elite players all the time. One of the best defensive players in the league right now, TJ Watt, went in the 20s. CD Lamb, which I think has a chance when the dust settles to be the best wide receiver of last year's class was like the third guy off the board went 17 to the Cowboys. So it's like, just because you don't go four doesn't mean we see it all the time. Now, for that individual, it means less money, right? There was a big difference for Lamar Jackson going at 32 than going at 10, right? Josh Rosen is way richer. Maybe Lamar, maybe we'll start to see commercials and stuff with Lamar. But right now, Josh Rosen, NFL-wise, has made a lot more money because of his draft slot. But it doesn't determine your success. I mean, the NFL is a great example of that just in general, right? With how many undrafted free agents make
0: the league, but Kenny Galladay, you who just s- signed uh, seventy-five million dollars and forty guarantees. Guaranteed. guaranteed. Was, you told me a third rounder.
1: Yeah, so I mean yeah, you, you can cash in. Uh, I I think it's pretty simple to me. I, I think when we look at outliers, and let's use let's use quarterbacks for that recently, like Kyler, I think, and Baker are kind of outliers. Are they ever going to live up to being true what you expect out of number one picks? I think the jury's out, right? I mean, Baker probably is a really good role player. Kyler, there's going to be a ton of pressure on him this season. Like, we just start, oh, it's cool to have, like, five, nine quarterbacks. Is it really? (laughs) Like, I'm cool with not having immobile quarterbacks, but I still need my guy to be pretty fucking big. And I think with Devontae Smith, relative to the other guys, Justin Jefferson— Was arguably a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL last year, let alone his rookie class. He was the most productive. I mean, at one point in time, he was on a pace to like have the best rookie wide receiving class ever. And this guy was dramatically better than him the year they were both on the same team. Yeah. On a team that, you know, had a first round running back to the Chiefs. Had, obviously, Justin Jefferson. Burrow was the number one overall. This guy was better.
0: If all and three of these guys had come out last year, let's say last year's class didn't exist, and Chase had just played that year at LSU, he would have been the first guy taken, right? I don't even think Chase would have made
1: it out of the top 10 guy, like, based on that season just coming into the draft. I You're mean, You're saying even, even if last year's class,
0: play. he was in last year's receiver class?
1: Yeah, I just think he goes in the top 10. He was that dominant. Now, how—this is not normal, right? A guy sitting out a season— I don't know totally how that's going to impact them, but I don't think it's that much <laughs> because we've talked a lot about the opt outs there. The outliers for the opt outs are the elite guys. Like if Panay Sewell would have came out last year, he would have gone in the top five. If Jamar Chase would have came out last year, he would have gone in the top 10. I'm sticking with Jamar Chase. I like Jalen Water more than Devonte Smith. I thought he was better when they were both on the field. Remember early on when you and I bet them against Mississippi and leading up to that game, he was the guy that Sark had really built the offense around. Then he shatters his leg on a kickoff return, and then they just put all their chips in the middle of the table on Devontae. And there's nothing – Devontae's a great player too, and he went on to just have this stupid season, won the Heisman. But DJ has tweeted this before. Heisman trophies don't determine your draft status. They really have zero impact in a draft room. So I would go – and there's this is not uh, – a a slighted Devontae Smith having those two guys over him, he still could go in the top 15, right? Like, I, I think Jamar Chase goes in the top 10. I think that Jalen Waddle goes somewhere between like 8 to 15. And then I think Devontae Smith's right in that range too. I I, yeah. I just could not draft in the top 15 a, a wide receiver worse that weighs 170 pounds. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player. It just means in the history of the league, there's been a less than a handful of those guys that have dominated.
0: Well, if he goes in the top fifteen, that means he's still going. That's where Jerry Judy went, right? That's where the second receiver last year was drafted. So that's really high, considering that all those guys that came after fifteen, most of them were really, really good last year. Now, I and understand- and, but, and the year before, remember you and I were looking at
1: it before the show. The first wide receiver off the board was Hollywood, who went like twenty-five. So, yeah. like, if you go sixteen. I think if you just wrote this on Twitter, like, I think Devontae
0: Smith is going 16th in the draft. People would be like, hater! It's like, that's a bad thing? Nikhil went in the first round. Round two in 19 was, I'm not going through last year's because we've talked about that one a million times, but all those, it was like 15 guys, 14 of them are nailed picks, basically, to this point. The second round in 19 was Debo, A.J. Brown, McColl Hardman, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, and a, DK Metcalf was the last pick of the second round. Terry McLaurin went in the third round. 2018 DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley were first-rounders. DJ Chark a second-rounder. I think this is part of the reason why it's kind of a separate thing, but this is part of the reason why Juju Smith is getting 8 million dollars, Schuster, right? I at this I don't know how you could look around right now if you're an NFL team when you look at the when you look at the talent that's coming into the NFL draft, just like last year, we're talking about 3 Elite elite receivers and then the other guy from uh the guy what was the guy that ran a four two on Tuesday? Four two eight or whatever the number was? Kyle Pitts? No, no. The oh, other oh, the little the little guy from Purdue? Yeah, from Purdue. Yeah, more. um huh? The little guy that looks like a little tank? Four, yeah, well what 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 did he run? But um I just don't know how if you're a team you could you could spend I would I would rather take my risk on Devontae Smith than to Throw a bunch of money at a guy in free agency right now, when you have so many other, so many other places you can use that money. Given the production, the immediate production you can get.
1: But uh, I, but I the think but guys specifically on Devontae Smith, like you listed a lot of players, like Devontae doesn't look like those players that have had success, right? And I I heard this morning Dale Moore, to Deshaun, sorry. that's the receiver. To, to Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun was like a four one guy. I mean, it was stupid how fast he, his play speed was un He was unstoppable. Now you can give me. Well, no one ever catches, you know, uh, Devontae Smith. D- did you see a 40 time on him today? Did he even work out? Uh, he didn't run. So, yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't necessarily have to, but. I, I'd have to know, like, how fast are you? Like, you, I know you're fast on tape, but are you a four, four, eight guy? Because I, here's what I know. Why did Moore run? Because he knows he's fast as four to nine, John. Do you know who always runs? Fast guys. Do you think Henry Ruggs would have been like, no, I'm good running. You always want to run. It was a huge mistake Lamar Jackson made. Like, Lamar, you are a runner. Run. <laughs> there's, there's a reason, like, when, when I go home, my brother's dog, Bailey, loves to run. Why? She's a thoroughbred lab. Like, if I'm a speed guy, I, I never understand. Like, I understood why Keenan Allen didn't want to run when he was coming out. Because he's going to run like a four eight. Crabtree's like, no, I'm good. Like, I, I get it. But when you're a speed guy, you got to run. Devonte, his problem is he's kind of in the middle, like he's kind of considered like those elite speed guys, but he's not as fast as them. And he knows. And, and I'm not saying it's not good business to not run. It's probably smart because if he does run a four four nine, it's like wait, I'm taking a guy that weighs 170 pounds that uh, runs a four four nine. It's one thing if he runs a four two one, right? You're like, okay, he's the fastest guy in the country, right? But that's you not the case. Can't get hit if he can't get caught. No. Yeah, I would imagine. I think I think he's probably, his success this year was eye-opening, and they dominated. I would imagine he's one of the more polarizing guys in draft rooms. Just with his size, but his great production, but like how good is he going to be in the NFL? And look who Mel uh, compared him to on our podcast was not a Deshaun Jackson, not a guy like that. He compared him to Marvin Harrison, who when I think Marvin Harrison, I think of like, more the modern day, like Jerry Rice, like this unreal route runner who was just getting you like 110 catches a year. And like, if, if that's Mar- Marvin Harrison, a first ballot hall of famer, you know, that's so your, your outlier is going to turn into a first ballot hall of famer. That's see, that's where you get down this slippery slope. Where it's yep. like, I, I like when you just compare a guy, like, who's this guy like? You're just like, oh, Allen Robinson or <laughs> right, 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 Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, and great. Like, and then I, then I you have, know someone, I have someone in, league, in the league like top 10. Exactly. I have someone in the league like, who's Kenny Galladay like? And they're like, oh, he's kind of like a younger Alshon. It's just a very black and white comparison. You're like, okay, I'm not expecting Jerry Rice or Marvin Harrison. Right. Right? Right. Because like when Ruggs was drafted, people were like, you know, he's got a little Deshaun, right? And it's like, you're watching him you're like, I don't quite see Deshaun yet.
0: <laughs> Deshaun When you do
1: these comps, it's like, who's he like? It's like mixture of LeBron James meets Curry. Well, it's like, always That's so
0: unfair. <laughs> I know. It's always that way. But it's uh, raw that's a
1: media thing. You get you get ripped in a draft room if you say that cuz it's not true. You got to have more
0: realistic. It's confidence. also what players love to say. Players are never like, "You know, I'm uh I'm a lot like uh uh who's the guy who's the guy from the Rockets who's who like played in Europe for 8 years and now just like hits three Tucker?" Yeah. Like guys don't compare themselves to that. They'll compare themselves to you know, oh, "I'm like a mix of clay and uh you know the best defensive player in the league at a given time. That's just it's the way you guys think.
1: But but I, I I don't I don't hold a player's comp for himself. I hold no, but I don't hold the media's comp either. About. Well, the me, the media has no clue what they're talking about on
0: this. Yeah, I mean that's why that's why you know we always joke. I I loved it when I found it out. We you and I always used to joke about cross racial comps. Like you you, you can't. He's got to if he's a white guy, you got to compare it to a black guy, vice versa. Uh, but it's hard when we're talking about, you know, like uh, Danny Amendola. It's always like Julian Edelman. Um, but more that was more apparently I found this out. I read this the other day that Maury did that early in the Rockets tenure. It was like you cannot compare a guy. If you're going to have a comp form, he can't just look like the other guy because that's how we make mistakes. If somebody just reminds us of somebody else, we say that's who they play like. Well, it doesn't necessarily work like that. What if I said, like, who's Jalen Waddle like? I was like, oh, Jordy Nelson coming out of K-State. Yeah, it's hard.
1: That'd be, that'd be a great comp people be like what and then you look at Jordy Nelson you'd be like yeah they're like five or six Pro Bowls or whatever he went to I don't know if he went to that many but it's hard it'd be hard for corners like ah Jason Seahorn again oh. well they, they, they don't exist and, and honestly at wide receiver they don't really they're just there aren't many wide outside guys
0: um, uh, Dustin Fox What <laughs> Dustin Fox good call one thing it'll be interesting I think Friday is Zach Wilson's Pro Day I'll be interested to see John. Is he you know, he's listed at like six three two ten. Is he or is he closer to an outlier? <laughs> no, no, is he six shit. one two oh six three two ten? Yeah. I mean six three two thirty is what Justin Fields is, right? So well, is he gonna measure what if he in, measures at six, in at six even? Six oh yeah, well, how does it go? Like six oh f- oh oh five or something, right? Yeah, it'd be like six oh oh six. It's in like quarters of an inch. So, I mean, that's that, like he might turn out to be an outlier. So, you're going to go, he's small and he, athleticism's part of his deal. Like, are you taking that guy number two or number three? You know, I, I think that's going to be the same conversation with him. Well, it's
1: like Russell Wilson once measured in at 5'11 and at his pro day, his, you know, notoriously got a standing ovation from the scouts because they were just praying he was f- over 5'11. He also went in the third round. Like, yeah. Zach Wilson, if he's six foot even, is people projecting him to go two overall. I,
0: that's where it relies on athleticism
1: this overcompensation of short
0: quarterbacks it's like it's starting to get a little risky we'll uh we'll keep that one in the back pocket for later in the week but uh all right those are the receivers all right john daniel jeremiah will read some of what he wrote uh nfl he made a list of best fits for particular quarterbacks and he had the jets drafting zach wilson so that means what's up with sam darnold i'll read you some of what he wrote I believe Darnold would play well next season if he were to stay in New York or go to San Francisco. Both teams run the QB-friendly Shanahan offense, but the best thing for him might be to get a fresh start with a new team closer to the West Coast. The level of compensation for such a trade would let us know whether he's being given the starting job or if he needs to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in a competition. Remember, Adam Schefter, who was on this podcast, said he thought like a late first, ultimately, or early second is what it could take to get Sam Darnold. Well, I think it's fair to say the late first is off the table. Like, that's not happening at this point in time now.
1: Because if he had a late first, people would have been all over him and he would have been traded for. Like, I I just don't envision that taking place. I'd say a second-round pick of any sort of early, late, middle, whatever is probably still on the table. Though, I I do think the way the quarterback market played out, I'd want, like, where is he really going? (laughs) Right? Like... Yeah, bears are Saints off the table. For them. Saints aren't have for a spot. Them. I just don't really see. I just don't really see a spot.
0: You know, I mean, in a weird way, this is. I'm jumping ahead several steps. You know, Houston. Uh, if some, you know, depending on where these things go with Deshaun. Sean, they don't really to, have any picks to give them. Right? Yeah, you're talking if it's a second rounder. Yeah, yeah I
1: don't, No, you're right. So they're kind of in a tough spot. Uh, I mean, could the Niners? I have a hard time trading a third-round pick for a guy to then, even if he kept Jimmy, to have that situation. That feels a little a little haphazard, a little Philly, Jalen Hurts, Carson. And like it just gets weird fast, and you just – it's so easy to say, be a pro, handle like a pro, suck it up. And it's like, yeah, it's easy to say with guards and centers and wide receivers. I think with the quarterback thing, when the guy literally has to lead your team, it becomes a little more complicated – um, uh, I, I don't think I could ha- I could acquire Sam Darnold, and I'm not saying that Sam Darnold's better than Jimmy. I, I I I I think the Niners have a serious problem, and I think their serious problem is this: the the L. A. Rams are in Super Bowl mode, and they they were way better, you know, f- start to finish on a season than you last year. Even though you kicked their ass, but and we've talked about this, and, and you always bring up the point, like a huge part of the reason you were kicking their ass is now gone. Like they Goff. ate Jared Goff for lunch. They've only played Matt Stafford once since Kyle's been here, and remember, the Niners barely won that game. They actually should have lost. Jimmy threw a pick six. that was like came back on a defensive holding
0: right. call or something. Shout out to my like, Uber driver that day who, who thought who at that time identified Jimmy as a guy that he had to get rid of.
1: He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> But the Rams are in Super Bowl mode and they've upgraded like they're really good. And that's who you're chasing. And as long as Russell's still there, Seattle's really good. So like you got a quarterback problem. Jimmy's reliability. He's just not trustworthy. And then like Sam to me would just be ability. Like, is he good enough? Like, it's why that I I still think and this is going to be a talking point. Really, we're we're a little over a month away from the draft. So uh, a shitload can trade that night. Right. I mean, the the fortunes of the Niners. I was thinking about this today. Can you imagine some of the talking points around, like, people that talked about the Chiefs, the year of the Mahomes draft, like right now? Like, oh, there's going Alex Smith again. This is the same old thing. We're so close. We have a legit team. If we just upgrade the quarterback, and then things can change. It's why I'm not going to say, like, for sure, they're not going to be able to upgrade the quarterback position because it can change draft night with one trade. But as of right now, they are at a disadvantage uh, and I think that they are looking up at the other two teams above them, and the one team that we we saw the last two years, they really handled the Rams. I just I, I can't say that anymore
0: because the the weak link is gone. Yep. Yeah, and the the other part of this, the other reason you I don't think you can acquire Darnold as Jimmy's backup, even though he's how much is he making this year? Four and a half? Four four seven? Okay, cash. that's reasonable. Fine, but like you said, you couldn't trade a third rounder and do that. Because you, you, like, are you going to acquire him and not pick up his fifth-year option? Deadline May 3rd, $18 million? Because if you acquire him and Jimmy's still there, you can't pick up Darnold's fifth-year option because then you're saying either, okay, Jimmy, we still want you to beat out Darnold this year, but you're going to be gone next year because we can't pay the two of you $50 million, whatever that would be, right? Not quite 50, but probably close. 40. So we can't do that. But we're going to acquire this guy for a third round pick and then not protect ourselves. It just to me, he's got to be your starter if you get him. Because you got to I think you got to pick up the the, you got to pick up the fifth year option unless you trade a fifth or a fourth round pick for him. Then you don't have to do anything. But it doesn't. I mean, they're going to know that you don't have options. I'm out of the Sam Darnold deal. Now, like with
1: Stafford, the more I think about it, I just don't
0: think that's enough. Well, there's to me, the only way you can do Darnold is if you're convinced that he can be really good. Like top 15 quarterback in the NFL next year. If you're not convinced of that, then you're spinning your wheels. Yeah, and I don't think they're convinced. They couldn't be. They would already trade for him.
1: And who knows? I mean, there there is a decent chance as of right now. Here's the thing. Daniel Jeremiah and Joe Douglas worked together for a decade in Baltimore. They are very close. Uh, very, very close. Like best friends. So I, I think he has some the inclination that, that they like Zach Wilson. I just wonder what Sam Darnold, like if I could acquire Sam Darnold for like a fourth round pick, I would do that in a heartbeat just because the value is there. And then I could just have him as my backup and figure it out later. But if I get up anything second day, like, nah, I, I just... Yeah, you couldn't do a not, third. Not, but not as saying, long as Russell Wilson's still there and Matt Stafford's there. I'm just... I'm, I'm the, and the, I mean, the Rams do have... Or, I mean, the Cardinals have a lot of talent. You're saying fourth-round pick, and then you don't have to pick up his fifth-year option. You just see how it plays out. Yeah, just a low-flying risk, yeah. right? Yeah. It'd be a type... To me, fourth-round picks are the really good deals you get at the trade deadline for a guy that's going to be a free agent, right? It's like, oh, you just traded for so-and-so for a fourth-round pick. Like, OK, you guys only going to be there for six games. I can do that, especially just get the guy around and then maybe you can decide. But I can't like if teams are willing to give a second round pick, like, I'm sorry, I just. But back like, to the I original point, who's you? giving? The Niners don't have a backup quarterback right now like that. They're kind of in no man's land. That's why I think as long as they don't have a backup quarterback, I, 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 I'm I think they're still preparing to take a big swing on something. They don't have a backup quarterback. And, you, and we've learned like Jimmy Garoppolo needs a backup quarterback. Right. Like that's like part of his package. Like, How hey, is that connected Jimmy to and, taking a
0: big swing in your mind? What? How is that connected to taking a big swing? Well, because if, if Jimmy was 100% going to be on the team, you
1: would have been aggressive in signing one of these guys. Maybe you give three or four million to Trubisky. Maybe you give yeah, oh, one me of those guys. Maybe four yeah, yeah. and a half. I follow. You know? you. Yep. But as long as you're just leaving your options open, I think they, because I think right now their options are completely open. And it's just, oh, yeah, Jim, we love Jimmy. Keep Hey, uh, Peter Traeger, could you give another positive tweet about Jimmy? We'd appreciate it. Oh, Schefter, you got us? Yeah.
0: Okay. Because Joe Flacco, the Joe Flacco's aren't going anywhere if you need a backup in two months. No.
1: And I also think that people's natural reaction about a Joe Flacco thing, Joe Flacco's agent, I'm sure, is very powerful. Joe, you know, like at this point in time in his career, like, hey, man, can you just bring this guy in? And you can see where did he go? He went to the Niners, then he went to the Eagles. Like it's just, there's a way business is done in the league. It doesn't mean the Niners really want Joe Flacco, and maybe they end up signing him. But I, there are favors done to just keep the the train rolling with all your players, right? But also, even if they like Joe Flacco as their backup quarterback,
0: I, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, can't it can't be worse than what they had? No. Now I I think if you're them too, you probably. Don't love it though. I I personally don't. No, but what back? Which one? Yeah, I would love Trubisky. I would have loved that as the backup. But by nature, no backup is actually. You don't actually love the backup. Yeah, if if you're consumed with your backup, like I think part of
1: the reason the Saints were consumed with Jameis as the backup because it was like, could he be our starting quarterback? Right. Once yeah. Drew retires in the Niners situation. It's like, well, what happens when Jimmy misses his seventh games? Well, it's like you're probably screwed. That's why to me Jimmy's got to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're going to da- draft Davis Mills, John. I I do think so he misses 10. He who misses 10? Davis Mills. Well, he's played in 11, so uh yeah, he hasn't he has he has missed a lot of games in his career. I'm out on mid-round quarterbacks as well. Just go up and take a big swing.
1: Just do pull a Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that any of these guys are Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying have that mindset. Yes. Like say what you want about Ryan Pace, he missed on the right player. I do commend the mindset. He approached it the right way. He just picked the wrong yeah, guy out of the three. Yeah,
0: and and again in retrospect, if we all take ourselves back to that world, there was a lot of agreement that Mitchell Trubisky was the top quarterback in that draft.
1: I saw someone in Chicago tweeted out a, a screenshot of McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kiper, and like Mayock, Matt and Mayock. Mayock had him. He he was number one on every single list. I don't every it. single one. Yeah. I'll have to go now. Back and check my pushback is always, I don't give a fuck. Like Ryan Pace, what the media thinks is irrelevant to you, right? It's cool for us to talk
0: about it now, but it's like you were paid to be right. Yep, I would have a rule for my scouts: like you don't read Daniel Jeremiah's big big board. Like we have somebody that does it, and if there's any information we need, we'll filter that information into our reports. But I can't have you looking at Mayox board. Because now you start thinking about what the public, that you just, I can't have that. You know, it's like on some offices, like you can't access porn websites. I'd be like, I can't get to Mayox big board. They got it (laughs) blocked. You're like, I can
2: watch you porn, but I can't look at BJ's top 50.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Geology. John, let's tell the people about geology.com slash ham. Get 40% off your first purchase of a trial set of geology dot com slash ham let's get this personalized skincare routine for all you fellas up to speed yeah guy i mean i
1: got oily skin so sometimes after i work out i get really sweaty as well i need to exfoliate it's something i've done a lot of research on exfoliating is very very good for you gets off the dead skin cells that's why geology sent me some desert cedar exfoliator a little cleanser two-pack as well. I have sensitive skin. Send me a sensitive face cleanser two-pack so I can exfoliate after workouts. And then just like I get up in the morning, want to take a shower, just use a little light wash, you know, because I, I got my head as well too. So you got to wash the whole dome, the whole cabeza, <laughs> And uh, I, can't, I can't recommend them enough. I can't, geology, G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E. Go check it out. Geology. Wash.
0: And how did uh, Geology know what John needed? He took the quick diagnostic online uh, questionnaire, as I did. Boom, bang, boom. You get some results. They go in the lab. Dermatologist design regimen ready for you in a quick amount of time. And they mail it right to your door. Uh, more than 3,000 five-star reviews given Best of Grooming Awards from Esquire, Men's Health, and Ask Men, written about in Rolling Stone, Mashable, and BuzzFeed geology.com slash ham to get started geology.com slash ham get you 40% off your first trial set do it now geology.com slash ham we wondered recently whether or not the Raiders were messing with Marcus Mariota whether they had injured his ability to sign somewhere else as a free agent asked him to take a pay cut other backup quarterback signed you know what as it turns out this was actually a good piece of business by the Raiders. Mariota resigns with the Raiders for $3.5 million. He can earn another $4.5 million through incentives. Um, and he's back. He couldn't find the money elsewhere, so he came back to the Raiders. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, couldn't find the money elsewhere. He never was not on the team. Uh, I mean, I would say they successfully squeezed him. You know? I mean, he was under contract the entire time. Now, he basically capitulated to their demands by signing this deal three and a half million dollars. But to me, I, I I still go back to this. I just looked up Jameis's contract. Remember it was just five or whatever years ago that those two guys went one, two. Jameis very similar deal got five and a half million dollars, four and a half guaranteed at signing with the ability to make up to twelve. The difference is Jameis is gonna start, right? So I bet Jameis's some of his incentives, if he just plays well and they have success, will be relatively easy. If James, if you tell me James plays 17 games next year on a team that's loaded, I bet I bet he makes over 10 million bucks. Mariota it, this year he would not have played if Derek doesn't hurt himself scrambling to the right against the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. Like it's hard to make incentives when you don't play. I I just I'm a little shocked on this one guy that Andy Dalton who two years ago was worth $3 million, then played for the Cowboys and was average at best to below. Just got $10 million. And these two guys, because I think right now, if, if, if me and you co-owned a team, we co-owners, we're like Jerry Jones, also the GM, I might take my chances with Mariota or Jameis. No, I would rather have Mariota or Jameis, but specifically Mariota than Andy Dalton. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that's just I. I don't pretend to be Bill Walsh here, but I. I I'm a little confused by the uh, the, the quarterback market. I'm not going to lie. I don't quite get it. I would have Jameis number one, clear cut. First of all, I'd agree. Okay. How how does Jameis Winston now? It it behooved him to go to the Saints, play well. I I understand it. He's made a lot of money. And
0: maybe the you know but Andy's made a lot of money too. I guess someone gave him ten million bucks. No, no, I just mean for Jameis, it might it made sense for him because he's made a lot of money. What is best for my career? Backing up Drew Brees for a year is best for my career. Maybe it was. But also even the this most year, money.
1: like I, I would, if I was the Bears, I would rather Jame. Now it reported they were all over. He wanted to go back to the Saints. Yeah, but that's but what I'm, I'm just saying. saying He'd like,
0: rather if, if you're him, I'd take less money to play for the Saints. I,
1: I agree. I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm a flummoxed by the quarterback market. Well, I, I think these guys, just their talent level, they are flawed. We, we're seeing the last several years what the Glennons, what the Daltons, Fitzpatrick, who was really good last year, has had some ups and downs, guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, so, maybe that was part of the Raiders' deal, right? If maybe the Bears would have given Marcus Mariota more money than they gave Andy Dalton, if they could have. But to your point, they couldn't have because the Raiders kept... They did not cut him. He, I mean, he was not when available. I say he knows what was out there, it's because I think he had to know. His agent had to know. Was well, somebody else going to pay him seven million dollars? Otherwise, I'm not agreeing to this pay cut. You can cut me because you're going to have to, and I'll go sign with the Patriots. Right? So yeah, clearly, no that one's didn't naming happen. him a starter. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you as it relates to Andy, as it relates to Mariota and the Raiders. It's fa- it turns out fantastic for the Raiders. Derek. Derek got If you, you can have a
1: $3 million backup quarterback,
0: for sure. It's Marcus really gave him a chance to win. And uh, he's also now, I don't know, I mean, how much of a trade asset can we really view him as? Because, again, if somebody was going to pay him $7 million, his agent would have known that, and he wouldn't have taken the pay cut with the Raiders. But you never know what happens. Somebody gets hurt, bing, bang, boom, and all of a sudden you've got a quarterback you can get a third-round pick for. Or, or this I would just tell his agent, hey,
1: they're offering you what, three and a half? We'll give you four, seven, five, demand to get cut. You won't take their deal, and we'll pay you. Why would we trade for you?
0: Well, trade, trade, I'm talking, you know, it's September and somebody gets hurt.
1: Well, I'm not, I saw it on Twitter that, you know, he becomes a more tradable asset now. What If a team wanted him. And was interested him even as a backup quarterback, and they would have known what the Raiders were offering because we knew. Remember, they wanted him to take a seven million dollar pay cut. It turned out it was six and a half that he ended up taking, right? Because he was going to make ten, now he makes three and a half. That someone, if they wanted him, and if someone's going to trade for him, especially I I saw on the during the draft time, they would have
0: just said, "No, I'll just we'll pay you that, or we'll pay you a little more." Right, but I think. My guess is what that person, what that tweet, what, here's where I agree with the tradable asset is in, you know, September, October, somebody gets hurt. Now, if you could get somebody's desperate, they'll give you a late, potentially third round pick or something like that for Mariota. I, maybe a fourth. Doesn't feel like a third would be in play. I'm just saying, I, I understand it. But the biggest thing is you've just got a second year quarterback here in your system who showed that when he played, he was solid last year for three and a half million dollars. Like, that's just, to me, for I under, all the co- I undersold him.
1: Actually, he, he was due 1075. seven five. So I mean, he took a massive took pay a big pay cut.
0: cut. Yeah, it's just to me. Of all the things that we've talked about with the Raiders and questionable decisions, this is a major win by it. This is good. This was good business by the Raiders. This was a win by them for sure.
1: You know, but I I, I would say this: it's a win with a guy that doesn't play. Now it's an asset. So I, I, I'm not going to try to diminish what they pulled off. But like the win and loss with Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, guys that play every fucking game. This is a guy that it's really to me a backup quarterback is is just a contingency plan. It's like paying for insurance, which is good to have if you get in a wreck. But you a, a lot of teams, and the Raiders are a good example with Derek go the whole year without getting in a wreck. Now they had a little one last year. Uh, they ended up losing the game, but by that time, remember the, the playoffs were it was already over. Yeah, I, I just think that it's not like it's. Not like they pulled
0: this off with a starter. I, and I'm not trying to talk shit. No, it, no, no. You're saying... a hater. It's just... Let me if let me say it this way, and you tell me if this is what you're saying. It, you, we don't get to say, like, well, they screwed up Gabe Jackson, but they <laughs> nailed Mariota, so... Wash. Yeah, one, one guy plays, the other guy doesn't. Yeah.
1: Now, here's where I, they will get credit. If they are, in your scenario, a guy goes down and they can flip him. I have a hard time. I mean, someone would have to be really desperate if you liked him enough to give a third round pick no but even a fourth round pick that means you liked him you unless you have no money but then how would you have money once the season was around the three and a half million because you would need the cap space to trade for him yeah I feel like he's just going to be on the team don't you like he's just going to be their back and quarterback because
0: I, I don't know if you're them unless you get something good like really good right like a third round pick why would you trade away your backup quarterback, who's your good back, who you like in late September, early October? You wouldn't, as the games are getting important, unless unless you're, you know, one and six. Why, one, one thing
1: I think they realized, and clearly Mariota, you know, his market must not have been great because he had to take this. They wildly overpaid Mariota last year. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, I mean that the, the backup you could market. You can take a and turn it into a negative. I don't But But these Hater. are just these are just the facts. No, no, you're because right. It's
0: a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. We thought when they where did where Rodney Hudson and Gabe, you
1: had teams willing to take them, right? Yeah.
0: Yep. I mean Rodney, they got a third.
1: Gabe, even Gabe got a fifth. Like those guys are tradable. Why? Because they're starting good players.
0: Can't believe Andy play the quarterback, quarterback 10 million kids. Because
1: even when you, I mean, even the lowest points of your career, you still make three and a half million bucks. I know.
0: <laughs> I can't believe Andy got ten. At the, I guess last year was the lowest point he got. What did he get last year? Like two and a half. Two and a half or three. Yeah. But I'm
1: sure he hit some incentives because he ended
0: up starting a bunch of right, games, right, right. right? Yeah. Wow. Well, again, this is good for the. We'll talk about some other things. This is good for the Raiders. Kenyon Drake is. Hot. Hot. On fire. He scored 18 touchdowns in his last uh, 8, 14, I guess 29 games. No, he played 8 games for Arizona. So he scored 18 touchdowns in his last 23 games. That's pretty good. It's a good ratio, guy.
1: He, Anytime that you can approach a 1-to-1 ratio for games
0: to touchdowns is a is a good production, they say, in the business. Last year was 10 touchdowns in 15 games for the Arizona Cardinals. And John Gruden gave him $11 million. 11 and a half 11 guaranteed. Um, We were looking back. Credit to Mike Mayock. You told me Mayock had Kenyon Drake on his big board in 2016. 74th overall. And he got drafted 73rd overall. So Mayock
1: nailed that one. I will say this, guy. Every time I look at doing research on a player that the Raiders acquire and you just type in 2014, 2017 Mayock big board, he's usually pretty good. And I think this speaks to, as we'll get into Kenyon Drake, just the disconnect of, like, we have a lot of evidence of Mike. Unlike Gruden, it was more, I would say, less tangible. It was just a lot of talking. Like, we just, he liked everybody. Right. It wasn't like he was doing a big board of his top 150 players. By no means was he doing that. He didn't have to because he was such a TV star. Mayock was putting his name on lists, which is what scouts and general managers have to do. And every time I go back and look, I like, guy, his number one interior defensive line, like, he was all over DeForest Buckner, which isn't that crazy, but he's just all over good players. Do you have,
0: a, do you have Max 2016? What big board do you have right now?
1: I have his, right now, I have his final, you know how he did, like, the top five rankings for every player, mm. or every position. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I... For what year? Clicked off the big board, and I just went, 2016 his top five players at every
0: position. Okay, who's... uh? Let's see. Let's find one that might be a little... Who's his top... Who are his top three? Give me his top tackles in order. Do you have that? Yes, he has Laramie Tunzel.
1: Okay. Really good, right? Yep. Ronnie Stanley. Okay. Pretty good. Jack Conklin. Yep. We got paid. Uh, Taylor Decker. Mm-hmm. I think he got some
0: banged up, but he got paid too. And then a guy I've never heard of, Willie Beavers. Okay, so look, those are the top four guys and he had Laramie one... Ronnie went one as we know. Conklin went second, and then Laramie went. And then a few rounds a few picks later, Taylor Decker went. How about uh I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're talking about Kenyon Drake. Give me give me safety. Who's his top safety that year? This one actually might be easy. There's only one safety taken in like the first uh, 60 Carl picks. Joseph. Wait, what? Carl Joseph, 2016. He had Carl Joseph as number one safety in twenty sixteen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he I go? didn't expect in the that. Te-
1: in the teens, right? To the Raiders. Yeah. Who do you have second? John O'Neill. Yeah. Okay. All right. On, but he, he, but I'll, like he had Dak Prescott 5 and Connor Cook and Paxton Lynch. So I'm not saying he's perfect. But ultimately the, the difference is doing that exercise is you're just all positions are equal, right? You're just going top 5 at every position. You're not balancing like, well, quarterback is infinitely more important than safety. You're just listing the ranking. I think we have evidence that running back is devalued in the sense of it's hard to get a good one like you get a Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara for example or Christian McCaffrey those guys got paid and I don't really have an issue with it the the Packers Aaron Jones they drafted in the middle of the draft I think fourth or fifth round they extended them, and when you look at the contract they basically gave him a one-year 13 million dollar deal now his contract's like four years 48 and people like oh my god well the guaranteed money is not that crazy they used their picks on Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, who now make a combined guaranteed money. Amari got 60, Khalil got 90, and I don't think either team has regretted it, that you used one of those picks on Josh Jacobs. And then you get Josh Jacobs, and I think everyone who's watched the Raiders go, yeah, he's one of their top three or four players. He's good! You nailed the pick! Like, we was like, should you have to Josh Jacobs that high or not? Whatever, he's fucking good. He can catch the ball, he can run inside, he can run outside. His one knock is he gets banged up because he like runs too hard. Like, that's, it's not like, you know, he's just bad hammies. No, it's like he gets hurt because he runs into people. Then, like last year, and we were doing some research, we're like, well, I wonder who he liked the year before. And it was Devin Booker he had, uh, actually on, in this class. He had Devin Booker rated way above Kenyon Drake. And who did they sign last year? Devin Booker. Why? I mean, you and I watch a lot of Pac-12. Devin Booker was really good in college. Didn't he get hurt toward the end of his career at Utah? Because I remember thinking like this guy might go in like the second round. He got he had an injury and it. He's just, but he's going to go on to have. I bet when the dust settles, you're like, damn, Devin De, or Devo, excuse me, Devontae Booker. you would be like Devontae Booker played nine years in the league. Like that's what's going to happen. And Kenyon Drake, who is just a much different player, and I, I believe in balancing your running units. Right, you want Josh Jacobs is like having. I'm not saying he's this good, but like having a Marshawn Lynch type, just having like a pound it, like we'll just, right. we can go for. Because Josh Jacobs has those 90 yard games, where you're like, God damn, that guy dominated. And that's what an old school big physical back. Kenyon Drake is much more. You can spread it out. You can throw it to him on wheel routes. You can give it to him on pitches. So I get liking the player. They gave $11 million when one of the best players on your team who you gave a first round pick, who after this season you're going to pick up his fifth year option, You like I, I just think you would. Use that money on all these other holes, and then just go find another Devonte Booker, right? But John, I would imagine, loves this guy because why? On tape, he's scoring do, he's eighteen getting, touchdowns. You can do, you in can do a bunch stuff with him, yeah.
0: Also, but couldn't maybe I find that guy like to like to the have second a worse, round? Maybe you're planning to have a worse offensive line. Let me get me a running back that can make some plays. Not that the Cardinals' offensive line was terrible. So you, you would rather just
1: be like, let's skim on the offensive line and spend more on running backs? 1,000% I would not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just it, wonder if that's I, part I, of the thinking, is this is I, our situation. I think, and again, I, I bet Raiders fans like, middle guy, just hating. I'm not. I think Kenyon Drake is good. Like, he has really resurrected his career, especially with Cliff. Well, when I watch Cliff's offense, it's a pretty spread-it-out offense. John's offense is a little more old school, which it have Yeah, was. but, like they, but,
0: but there, I do think a quarterback – I I do think there might be some match there with Derek and this scot- guy and Kenyon Drake, as the scouts Ow. like to say, this player just throw it on wheel routes. And yeah. Stuff.
1: Again, I, I don't mind the fit. I I understand. I just the amount of money they gave him, and part of it, like if it was a no salary cap league, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But part of it is like, where are you? Well, they're getting rid of offensive linemen. They still have all these holes on defense. Oh. Uh, 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 part of the Raiders team that no one's talking about, the amount of pressure that is going to be on their first couple draft picks, who I'm sure are going to be on defense, is going to be high. Like, they're going to draft a middle linebacker, like pick 19 or wherever they're at, and that guy, every play is going to be like, oh, this guy's not good enough.
0: Plus, right? Rugs is going to have a ton of pressure on him, as if he's a rookie again. And the new center is going to be like, oh, this guy. And Derek might literally have pressure on him coming from the <laughs> defense. You're saying from the defense he's playing. That's right, because of his off- because there's pressure on this offensive line
1: now. And who would you say is a guy that, of a, of all the good quarterbacks, who looks dramatically different when he's just under pressure, like in the league? Derek can look unreal yeah, when he's just, like most good quarterbacks, like Mahomes looks normal no matter what. Derek really benefits when his offensive line is playing well. And you can be like, Middlecoff, of course he's a quarterback. I'm saying like, yeah, he kind of wilts under the pressure. We all know that. And even Raider fans are the first to admit that. And now you get rid of two of his stalwarts, especially the guy up the middle, now you got this new center. The big part of that is the run game. And it's like, oh, I'm getting these things like PFF, the Raiders' offensive line wasn't as good. I'm not saying they are these all-world offensive line, but the chances that Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson's replacement are as good as those two guys, to me, is slim to none. And you're trying out now chasing a replacement when you just had those guys. That's what I can't quite understand. Because if you were to use that money... On drafting another or you, you know, on another player at a position that's hard to get, I would understand it, but they they kind of looks like they used it on a running back.
0: I know. It's it's which it, this would be the position you'd probably cross off as not at the top of your need list. Um but their offense might be better for it. Now, not better than it was going to be if they had re signed their offensive lineman or kept their, not even re signed, kept. Their offense might be better for it. You know, like, I think they're, I don't know. I
1: I think how many good offenses, how many good team, how many top offenses in the league have poor offensive lines? I'm not saying they're going to have a poor offensive line. No, no, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No,
0: I'm not saying their offense will be better than last year's offense. I'm just saying their offense is better today than it was the day before they signed Kenyon Drake.
1: I I, I was thinking about this with uh, Kenny Galladay and the Giants, and we talked about the receivers. If you had all this money to give, why didn't you go sign like whoever the top offensive? Your offensive line sucks. Trent last year. Williams. But even if he, you didn't have, you couldn't get him. Just signed the top guard, Athuni. You went to the Chiefs. But I'm just saying, sign one of those. Use all that money. I know. Like, you could have paid more. Yeah. Instead, and then draft a wide receiver, just like this. Use this 11 million dollars, allocate it somewhere else,
0: and then use like a third round pick on a Kenyon Drake. Who, who you? By the way, you're GM. We're looking at this Drake. And Booker, we've seen Mayock's big boards. He knows what a good running back in the fourth round looks like, right? That's where we're talking. That's, that's the a, point.
1: That's where those type guys usually go. Yeah.
0: So he know, like I know your GM knows how to find a a running back not in the first or second round. I think it's just a huge part of the sport of football now. Is and this is my biggest knock
1: on Gruden because I'm not necessarily knocking on him for Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's good. I enjoy watching him. I think he's a difference making player. But to build the proper football team is about understanding and having a vision on how you want to allocate your resources. And I think everyone has to admit now it's not really debatable that I don't know if John Gruden doesn't have a vision. His vision changes year to year. Like he's just like that. That's just his team building philosophy is based on what happened the previous year. Not like, you know when coaches say, I, I had a set vision on based on my previous experience. This is what I was going to go with. This is what I wanted to look with. Now, like any human being in any industry, you can pivot a little bit. But I don't think John has some set vision. I, I just well, can't it believe feels- it because I've, I've watched
0: it so closely how he's built this team. It's all over the map. Yeah, it, and, and it feels like you just go into every year with, how do we win this year? And then next year, how do we win this year? Which is understandable on one hand because the NFL is about winning now. But what happened this year does not seem to affect what happened last year from a personnel standpoint and what happened last year. Because a huge part of it, though, was blowing it up
1: to reset it and it was like then to have his big vision and then he just clearly didn't have a big vision, right? Which is, to me, the craziest part about John Gruden and the lore of John Gruden is all those years and all that time he spent at the little office in Tampa, Florida that he rented out and he had those guys come over to and all the time he spent meeting with coaches and all the time... I'm not even talking about Monday Night Football. I'm talking about clearly he was an addict, right? He would go to coaching conferences in the offseason. He would speak at all the SEC schools. But he was just becoming this legend of like, God, Groot is just everywhere fucking learning and gaining all this knowledge. And I knew people like Alabama where he'd spend a lot of time. And you'd be like, God, he's just, he's going to have this bulletproof plan. Clearly, Saban got to Alabama, had a plan, right? Like, I'll give Ky- Kyle's come to San Francisco and has had a plan. Now, it doesn't mean everything is going to work. McVay, they have a plan. I feel like, I don't think John Gruden, the craziest part about John Gruden, I just don't think there's a plan. And maybe there is a plan at the, at the end, like you said, at the end of the season for that offseason. Right. But it, 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 there's zero, zero carryover of what
0: previously happened. I wonder if having a 10-year contract affects that in any way. Like but if I, you have, a- He's so rich, guy. Why would he even have been worried? Like, he waited no, all this time. No, not worried, but just... Well, first of all, I think what you describe—don't you think all the most of the time gets spent when coaches get together? It's about like let's drop some plays and let's coach quarterbacks. It's not about how do we build our roster over three years. Like I don't get the sense that's what Mike McCarthy was doing in his bunker when he did the bunker thing, right? Um, yeah, Gruden's inclination would be driven toward the whiteboard more. Yeah, too, let's watch like some quarterback film board. and let's just yeah how do you, wait how do you rank your guards yeah right. <laughs> tell me about how you uh, filter through the practice squad special team guys yeah what's your philosophy on arm length? Like? so do do you, you write like wait how do you run the button hook on this play do You're you right. think if i, I mean, draft a running back I, within the next three years i should spend 10 million dollars on another running back right like that conversation well, wouldn't you argue or wouldn't you argue is the wrong word wouldn't you assume let's use another example
1: of a guy that just entered the league I would be floored if Urban Meyer haven't hasn't had those type
0: conversations over the years.
1: And maybe that's different when you're a college the coach. The question is, does his team. college
0: vision does that translate to how you build an NFL team?
1: But he, but I, I would say this for Urban Meyer, he's he's going to have a vision on what it looks like. I remember seeing with Pat yeah. working for Pat Hill, he was obsessed, and part of this is just college. You're the GM, was just always working the board.
0: Like I, I just don't feel like Gruden. Gruden, you're right, is more inclined to go to the whiteboard. College coaches hey. are, some of them are closer to GMs than they are head coaches, right? 100%. Urban, Pat. Um, so maybe they are more. I, I'd say, I'd I'd say, say always in a weird way. And you have to have plans because you're always balancing scholarships over four-year, five-year windows, right? So you do have to plan. Yeah, well, because you'll hear it all, will hear it all the time. Well, Utah didn't, I've talked about it, Utah didn't take Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, because just they had a they had another guy coming in, and so they were planning for this year out. Of course, they like Zach Wilson, but it didn't fit. I talked to a coach the other day. It was basketball. They had a player transfer into their program from another Power Five program who was from their area, right? So it's like John Middlecoff is from Sacramento, or let's pick a place that has a major. John Middlecoff from Seattle, and then but he went to Nebraska, but then he transferred back to UW. What's the deal? Well, the story I got from somebody was like, well, we recruited that player, but we didn't have a scholarship for him. We wanted them to walk on, but they had full Power 5 scholarship offers, so they took that, but then they were in the portal, so they came back to us. Right? Like You have to have a big-picture plan to fit all that stuff together in college. It's a lot of administrative work.
1: But you don't think there's a
0: big-picture plan in the NFL with the money and the cap? Yeah, No, of course. I'm just saying, to your point on Urban, it makes sense that Urban would have that thought, and it makes sense that that is not what Gruden spent his time on.
1: But if you think about it, the way Gruden failed in Tampa, like a big part of it would have been like, Gruden, you're going to be a good play caller. You're going to understand offense. You need to learn the other stuff. You need to learn. Whenever you're going to come back, you're going to get all the power. Wouldn't you spend the time learning what
0: you're bad at? And I think it's clear that maybe he did, but he he's forgotten it all. The other part of it is I think he hired a good GM in terms of player evaluation. Now, it's hard for us to really know who likes what, but...
1: I, but I'm looking at it. He had a, uh, his top three
0: tight ends or top two tight ends: Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper. Here's the thing: we don't uh, know about him, though. Mayock. We know we can evaluate players, but is that the same as you know every draft year? He's just we're evaluating this draft. That's different than building a four-year roster and, and I basing don't know that off he's going to be in free agency. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes along with it.
1: One thing Mayock never had to worry about, right, in his NFL.com role, or in, and, and I just remember hearing this from people at NFL Network. Like you know, Mike doesn't really have to watch lock into the NFL. He just focuses on the draft. Like, I, but he wouldn't need like to know who
0: people, what
1: teams need, right? Yeah, but that's just pretty. Like he, he, they send him that type, of just basic stuff. I mean, but he didn't have to know like the free agent class, like the the salary cap. Like there are elements of. It's just uh, th- th- there's this Gruden experiment has just been bizarre. And that's, I think, what it would be called. Like, it's been an experiment that's still ongoing. And I, I think if you're higher four years in, is still called an experiment. You got a problem.
0: He's nineteen and twenty-nine. Yeah, you. you. It's. They haven't gone to the playoffs. It's generous. It's not really. It's, close. It, if it wasn't John Gruden, we probably wouldn't call it an experiment. Yeah, we'd call it a. a we'd say train it's not ramp. working. Yeah. Haven't gone
1: to the playoffs also insinuates that they've ever been close, and they really have it. That's true too.
0: Uh, can you set up are you, the the, uh, the WGC? WGC, we're going to dive in. I can't wait to watch golf on Wednesday. What? Uh, can you just yeah, explain this real quick?
1: You explained it so to you me have,
0: earlier. You have pods.
1: So you have 16 pods of four, and you play each other. So they used to have just the top 64, right? One through 64, and then you would just be ranked kind of like the NCAA tournament. The problem is in golf match play, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, whoever your top guys, you can easily lose it any round, right? It'd be like, it'd be the NCAA tournament, but it's like, oh, Kansas gets two more shots, right? To play three other teams. Like, they're not out just yet, right? Or you're like, oh, Ohio State, let's run it was back. Because they, they, they don't want Ohio State to go. They don't want Loyola to make a run. They don't want Eric Van Royen to be in the Final Four, which in match play, it's just very possible, you know? And so they got to do these pods. And you got to win basically two of the three of them to advance. And then Saturday and Sunday, you play 36 holes if you keep winning. You play Sweet 16, the Elite Eight on Saturday, and then you go to the Final Four, and you, it's just a lot of golf. It's why, to me, it's not a very bettable event because there's a huge – even if you look at the, the odds, like you can get DeChambeau's like 14 to 1. Like it's just – I have to diminish it because he's got to play way so, more golf than he would in a normal court. An incredible to, battle. I don't think you could bet until like the sweet 16 and then just be like, okay, I kind of like this guy's bracket. This guy's hot. Right. Cause it'd be easy for like, i I'm expecting several of the top guys in their bracket, the DeChambeau's, the Justin Thomas the John Roms to just get knocked out. I, Cause you could play well and lose.
0: I'd forgotten somebody, as we're talking about this on the podcast, we just got a tagged in a tweet from Mike Perry who listens to the podcast. And he took us out to a uh, Karika golf course a while back. Uh, oh yeah, he <laughs> throwback to Tiger. Remember when Tiger went left-handed from his knees in the bushes? Uh, what was that two yeah, years yeah, ago? Yeah.
1: yeah, he he. I was watching some highlights. He beat like Patrick Cantlay. Like two years ago, he was in the Elite Eight or the Final Four, and then I remember like two weeks later is the Masters. Like he had been playing really well. He was like dialed. He 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 knocked out Patrick Cantlay. He fucking jarred one in from like 150 yards. It's kind of sad, honestly. I watched some of the highlights. i like, God, this guy just a couple of years ago was like really locked and loaded. Mm. Now, granted, even if he hadn't gotten the car accident, his back was already failing, so it's like it might have been over anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if he quite realized, I wonder if he was thinking like, I'm playing really well. Like I'm going to be able to compete. And then his body just, it wasn't going to last that yep. long. Kind of sucks, but I mean, it is what it is.
0: Uh, the only other thing from the internet uh, on Tuesday as we recorded this I saw was Ron Zook is the new special teams coordinator at Maryland. And he says it's not special teams. It's called WeFence, which I was when I went back to watch some of the interview with uh, Merton Hanks and you brought up, you know, we just we love football guys on this show. That is a and Merton appreciated that, John. I think that was good to tell him just so he knows where he is. But uh, the, To me, there there, there is like a, a line, though, that like a football guy
1: who's kind of nuts like that to me, Ron Zook. It, like that to me is kind of cheesy. I think that's pretty stupid. Like, is that flying if he's coaching Alabama? Like, what are you talking about? Just we fence, baby. Teams. I I think that is so dumb. Now, <laughs> all that matters uh, is that the special teams guys buy we fence. Special teams guys are a little bit like pitchers; they're just a little different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but was Ron Zook always a special teams guy,
1: or did he just? I googled one? his resume. He's been coaching special teams for a long. Okay, time. so he is. He is. He kind of yeah, got that, a Harbaugh, kind of a John
0: baby. Harbaugh vibe to me yeah
1: it I, I do think once you get kind of famous doing that it's like how many people truly want to be like special teams coaches, right
0: yeah kind I, mean, of I would of argue a it's it. A, i would tell some guys like become like start running special teams you know how much these guys make now just no one knows what you're ever doing anyway special teams guys i guess you get fired who gave up a bunch of big kick returns last year and got fired was an nfl coach yeah, there, there was a special teams coach I remember last year they got fired in the middle
1: of the season in the NFL. I mean, it happens. You get when it looks bad, like there's no fixing it. You just get canned. Yeah, but all you is it can like look a, really bad. Remember the remember the fake punt on like Sunday or Monday Night Football. The Colts attempted so that what, one year with it's Max still feet. my
0: favorite. I think it might be one of my favorite videos. And the, Dude, it's like Austin Collie like, lines up behind center the, or somebody like the that. The dudes what? on defense were like, "What is going? Is this real?" And they just got sacked. And then they snapped it. And it was like, <laughs> it's like two
1: on ten. What are we doing? What was going on? How do you shake that? There is that. It, it, there is there is an element like there's never too much time on defense or offense because you're always just like there's tech. There's too much time on punts. Like every once in a while, you will just be watching an NFL game and they'll try a fake punt. And you're like. What just happened? Well,
0: the classic example is the spinning onside kick thing. Like that was invented because somebody had way too much time. And now guys try this kick that in practice, can somebody please tell me, a special teams coach, what percent you used to chart special teams for Bobby April. What percentage of time does that thing work in practice? Well, it can't
1: be high. I I think the problem is, is that you're looking because the chances of an onside kick is so low. So you're just like, how do we kind of up the chances of just chaotic? But it it doesn't. I think you'd be better off doing the onside pooch where instead of onside it, you just kind of do the little looper like 15 yards than doing the spinny...
0: I don't even know what it's considered. It not only never works; it never comes close. No, to work. onside kicks are like we spend all this time. You come out of a timeout in basketball. and It's like yeah, eighty percent of the time we shoot an air ball out of when we run this play. I don't get it. We just shoot a bunch of air balls. <laughs> like most onside <laughs> kicks are air balls. It, it, it is. It, it is though a very very desperate situation. It is. It is. But right. But so. I would say what percentage of kicks don't even just go out of bounds? Like don't even or I, I, or don't go ten yards or don't. Bounce. I would say the out of bounds feels over half. Like I would consider it a if I were charting onside kicks, I would, I would count it as successful if it just like was hard for the the defense had to make a play. I'd be like, all right, that was successful. It's you can't oblong, spheroid. Some of it's out of your control. The, the defense have to make a difficult play. That's a successful onside kick. I think you could one hundred percent
1: not overthink it and come back to just the basics. Just kick a ball where a guy has to fall on it. Right. Yeah. Yep, just it have might it bounce out. a couple times and make a guy think. Now, I think they would come back. These coaches now have got so good, they put Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley out there, and these guys are pretty comfortable catching the ball. Yeah. Those guys tend to
0: catch the high pop, though.
1: Yeah, it's just you don't see a lot of bobbled balls anymore because they put that guy right in the spot, usually, the wide receiver. Top 10
0: jobs for kid, one of them should be special teams, coach. <laughs>
1: Well, if they found out, it pays like $750. gur you would have plenty of time to be a YouTuber on the I mean, side. You, just, you actually just fuck around with the kickers <laughs> and
0: punters 90% of the time. Uh, all right. On that note, we got pro days to watch this week. WGC, uh, have a great week, everybody. Yeah, have a great week. Peace.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight,